0: Well, we talk all the time about having good money habits, right? That's the whole point of the show is to try to help you build your money habits. But are those good money habits actually holding you back? It might sound a little bit counterintuitive, but we're going to discuss that today on the podcast. Welcome to the My Retirement Clarity Podcast, where our goal is simple, to help you close the gap between what you know and what you implement. The team at J.L. Perkins Wealth Management does this by helping good people make great decisions so they can enjoy an amazing retirement. And now, here's your host and financial advisor, Lee Perkins. Well, glad to have you on My Retirement Clarity. I'm Ben George with Lee Perkins, owner and financial advisor at J.L. Perkins Wealth Management there in beautiful Macon, Georgia. Lee, what's happening today?
1: Not a whole lot, man. As I look out the window, the sun is shining. Like we talked about before, we went live here. This is what they call a chamber of commerce <laughs> day here in Macon. So this it's been awesome because last couple of weeks we had a bunch of rain. I experienced some flooding again over at the house. E- even though we've erased the driveway like five feet in one spot, water still went over it. So mm. yeah, it, it receded and everything's good. But man, it's nice to have have a sunshiny day and it just makes me eager to get to spring and it'll, it'll be here before you know it
0: yeah i'm waiting to see if we're gonna get that last big winter push or not because that hadn't been too bad so far this year
1: no it, it really hadn't been but yeah i think uh pitchers and catchers uh report to yeah. uh spring training this week for for the braves so yeah that 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 tells me spring is just around the corner but yeah i would just assume the cold weather just I hope we're done with
0: it. Yeah, me too. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, our show today. This is a topic that might catch you a little off guard because good money habits are supposed to be positive, right? But we're going to talk about why sometimes it could be a potentially bad thing uh, on your financial plan. So that'll be the topic today. If you want to schedule a meeting with Lee, the easiest thing to do is go to talkwithjlp.com. But you can find everything online at MyRetirementClarity.com. Com. All right, Lee, I'm going to give you the money habit that we typically thought is a good thing, and I'm going to let you kind of explain the good and the bad to all of these, okay? All so right, sounds like a plan. Let's start with ignoring account statements. I mean, that seems like it's a, it's a good thing typically, so break it down for us.
1: Yeah, so account statements, it, it, which really nowadays we have to talk about uh, online access to accounts. Um, uh, ignoring account statements it's probably pretty easy or was easier back in the day when you just got the envelope in the in the mail at the end of the month that told you what what your account did now that we have 24 7 access to our accounts it makes it a little more tempting for people to check their accounts all the time and so i tell people don't look at your accounts every single day there are people that look at it three four times a day i'm like don't do it that's not healthy but there are people that will take that a little bit to the extreme and they don't ever look at their accounts and so i i guess the good part of that is it does keep people from overreacting making poor decisions based on the news of the day or, or something like that so it does help people maintain a, a long-term investment mindset so to speak but on the flip side of it i mean there are some things that you could miss if you aren't as I would say as engaged as you should be. There's some fraud that could happen. Uh, you need to make sure that you're you're rebalancing things the way that you should. So, speaking of fraud, Ben, I think I mentioned this on the podcast before. I went about three months this past summer or last year without looking at my credit card statement, and somebody had stolen my card and compromised it, and they made charges over about a gosh, maybe about a four week period oh, wow. that I didn't know because I because I, I was not on top of it. I, I've since changed that i now get an alert every single time the card is used and of course it drives my wife and kids crazy because we can be sitting in the living room and I'll, I'll hear a ding and I'm like did somebody just spend $87 at Amazon huh. and my wife is like you're stalking me <laughs> but I, I have to tell her I, the reason I'm doing this is you got to stay on top of it so there's good and bad
0: <clears throat> excuse me and
1: I think there's a, a healthy mix of the two so make sure you're engaged in it and you're involved in it, but don't look at it every single day.
0: Yeah, I, I get to those notifications. I don't get them all the time. It's more like uh, if, it, if it seems out of the ordinary, it'll, it'll hit me up. But yeah, that's scary to think that it's easy to, to to get thrown off that much that quickly if you aren't paying attention. So another good reason why you do want to pay a little bit of attention to those account statements. All right. The uh, the next good money habit is keeping a strict, strict budget. We, we talk about budgeting all the time. You want to stay within a budget. So what's the good and the bad here? Yeah,
1: I think a budget is really important for most people. There there. we have a lot of clients that there's no need for them to keep a budget because they have plenty of money coming in and they don't spend near what, what they do, uh, what they have coming in every month. And So they, they're just sort of operating in that that world where a budget is not necessary. The problem is if it can get out of control if you don't at least have some idea of what you spend. Cause sometimes people come to the office and I'm like, well, how much are you spending a month? And the wife might say, well, we're spending $4,000 a month. And the husband's like, no, I think we're spending closer to eight or $9,000 a month. And so, you know, that that, again, that that doesn't happen all the time, but it does. But I I think having a budget does, I, I guess maybe the good part of that, it can help you stay on the same page as a couple. It can help you achieve your financial goals in the short term and the long term if you can stick to it. But on the on the negative side, I, I would I would tell you don't be overly restrictive on your budget. And sometimes this is where spouses will butt heads a little bit on enjoying life today versus saving for the future. And and lots of times. People will save, save, save for rainy day and the rainy day never comes and they never fit one, one spouse feels like they never got to enjoy their, their money. So that's why I like, if you're going to, if you're going to do a budget and you're going to be strict to a budget, have a line, a line item in there that is for, I call a, a stuff or a trip fund. Have, have some money in there that you can just go and do whatever you want without any kind of negative consequences to your overall household budget.
0: All right. Very good. Next up, talking good money habits, uh, picking stocks that are familiar to you, not trying to go out on a net, on the limb and, and taking some chances on investing. So we know that's a smart advice is to kinda of invest in what you know, but where is this where can this be a problem, Lee?
1: Yeah, so invest in what you know, that's something that we've all been told our whole lives. We need to understand what you're you're investing in and and, and buy companies that you're familiar with who they are and what they do. Uh, and that's fine, I'm, I'm okay with that. Again, if people, listeners to the show know that I'm not an individual stock person. I'm not, I'm not gonna ever call any clients say so you need to go out and buy GE or Home Depot or, or any of those kind of things. Because although they can be good companies, everything's a good investment until it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what happens many times, and so I guess this will be the bad, is sometimes people just get too attached to that company and You can't can't pry it out of their hands, even if if it's time to to sell. And what happens is they wake up three years, five years, ten years down the road, and they've got a big portion of their overall net worth in that one company. And now they've got some emotional attachment to it. And and what you've done is inadvertently put put yourself at increased risk because you've got a a, a lot of your net worth tied in one company. And and as we've seen in the past, it only takes one small thing for a company to sort of unravel quickly. And you don't want to leave yourself exposed to that.
0: No, you definitely do not. As we go through this today, if you have questions for Lee, want to schedule a meeting, you can always go to talkwithjlp.com automation has uh improved quite a bit over the years and it's smart to embrace that we we all we often do with just scheduling auto payments and and using the the tools that are available to us just to make things easier in terms of contributing to accounts and rebalancing in the sort so lee where can automation actually cause some issues for us
1: yeah so lo- like you said automation has been great for for me personally it's been great for for i i would say bill pay being mm-hmm. able to Automatically pay my bills every month has just been a game changer for me. I remember before, you know, before I always say joked it out before Al Gore invented the internet. Hmm. I would sit down at home the first Wednesday of every uh, of every month, or maybe it was the last. I can't I can't remember. And and I would pull out all my bills and get my checks, and and it, it was about an hour and a half ordeal. Now I'm distracted because I'm watching TV, and I would write those checks. Now it, it is done automatically. So that's been a fantastic thing for me. On the flip side, now that everything is sort of automated, I, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of, lot of times that I'm paying bills and I don't even know what they're billing me for. And so I, I've sort of just, my my engagement in it has just been removed just a little bit because uh, I, know, I know my my internet bill is going to be paid, or I know this is going to be paid. I don't even know if they went up on the bill because I've enrolled in electronic statements, and so lots of times I get those emails, and it, I just put it into a, a a for later folder, and I never go back and look at it. So, yeah, automation can be good, but you still need to be involved in that process, especially from a bill pay standpoint, so that you know what you're, you know, what you're actually spending. And and one more thing, Ben, I just thought about automation on savings that this is the best way for you to build wealth. We all build wealth putting it in our 401k because that's done automatically. We don't have to write a check every every month. If you can do that on your savings outside and on top of that 401k, just automate a $500 a month going into your your investment account, into your savings account. And boy, you'll wake up in a few years and you'll have a lot of money in that account.
0: Yeah, it definitely has its positives. I, I've, I think I have just avoided signing up for some auto bill page just for that reason. I just want to make sure I'm seeing that they're charging me the right amount every month because I don't always trust those bills. as I, come I don't
1: either. And and every once in a while, when, when I've had to either a credit card has been compromised or it's lost, and I have to go back and give everybody the the new card number again. Sometimes okay. that's a really cool thing because I, I'll get an email from somebody or a call saying, hey. You haven't paid for so and so because the card was canceled. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, don't, I don't, I didn't even remember that I was still paying for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, so true. It is great though yeah. for like mortgage payments and 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 you know steady, consistent payments you need to make every month so you don't miss those. No so doubt. Definitely some some tools there.
1: Hey folks, Lee Perkins here. I wanted to tell you about our brand new book called Next Phase, How to Retire in a Year or Less Without Regrets. It's all about helping you prepare for the next phase of your life, whatever that looks like for you. So if you're ready to make the most of your next phase, or if you're already retired and aren't sure you're doing all you can to get the most out of your retirement, then you'll want a copy of this book. All you have to do is text next phase to 478-475-2050 and we'll send you a copy right away. You can also access additional resources and register for one of our upcoming workshops at our website, www.myretirementclarity.com. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show.
0: Let's talk about the stock market again and talk about the patience that that we always preach here when you're investing, right? We're always thinking long-term. We don't want to act emotionally, but why is patience potentially uh, a negative for investors?
1: Yeah, so... so I th- our number one, uh, the number one, I guess, prohibiting factor in long-term success is us and our emotions. We get in our way all the time because we, we're trying to, people just simply time, try to time the market and, and it can't be done. So patients getting into the market and basically trying to get in when the market is down or if people are acting irrationally and trying to determine when to get in or when to get out, that it, it does not work. I would just tell you to consistently get into the market over time, and so that means dollar cost averaging. So if you've got $100,000 that you got in an inheritance and you wanna put in the stock market, if, if, you're, if you're not disciplined enough to put it in at one time in a strategy that you can live with in up markets and down markets, then take that $100,000, put it in the account, put it in a, a cash sleeve in that account, and put $10,000 a week or $10,000 every two weeks into whatever investment strategy that you're gonna put it in. And that way your dollar cost averaging and buying into whatever you're buying at a different period of time and you're not watching what's happening in the market and or trying to time it because if, if you just sit around and wanna find the perfect time to put money in the market, you're probably never gonna put money in the market because there's always a reason not to invest, always.
0: Yeah, you can always come up with some good reasons for sure. We're talking about good money habits that can potentially be a negative on your plan. I want to remind everyone, too, Lee, you always give people the opportunity to to get a, a free book offer. And I know you have a new one coming, too, right?
1: Yes, the, this new book, we actually got copies mailed to our office last week, and we've got people ordering these books left and right. Now we're actually running some TV ads on a, a local station here, and so we've got people uh, ordering the book, it's called Next Phase: How to Retire in a Year or Less Without Regrets. And so, it's a short read, only about 70 pages, but it's packed full of some really great information to to help people answer the the, the important questions that they need to consider before they actually pull the trigger. And, and yeah, if, if you're even if you're already retired, there's some great things to help you in in, in what your next phase. Is even though you're already retired, the next phase could be. I mean, it's different for everybody. So it's a. I had a, a, a lot of fun writing the book. So I think if you get the the book, you will en- you'll enjoy reading it. So just text the word "next phase," just one word. You don't need any spaces. "Next phase" to four seven eight four seven five twenty fifty, and we'll send you a copy.
0: All right, we got about halfway through our list here. Let's get to debt. On our next uh, habit here, so paying this off early is a great thing. We want to pay off that debt. We know we don't want to be carrying debt if we can all if we can avoid it at all possible. But there's also some downside here, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So I, I am I am not in the Dave Ramsey camp on this, where you know all debt is evil debt. You shouldn't ever owe anybody anything. Good debt, you know, obviously is is house debt, mortgage debt, and there's still a lot of people right now with a mortgage. Of two and a half three and a half percent and if you got money in the bank and you you could pay off that house i would most most of the time i'm going to tell you i probably would not do that because you can get more on that money right now in the real world i mean you can go get a five percent cd right now so you you can basically leverage leverage the money that you have to to do better than the interest that you're giving up and carrying that that mortgage so i, I definitely would, would not just just because you have the money, I wouldn't just pay off something like that. Now, if you've got credit card debt or personal loans, things like that, you might want to consider that. Now, if I, And if you do, let me talk credit cards here for a minute, Ben, because I actually looked at my credit card the other day. The um, Most of us don't know it, but we have a variable rate in that, in that card. And I looked at my rate now, and this is a company card. I don't carry a balance. I paid off everything. That rate is at like, gosh, just like 24.99%. And I can guarantee you that it was not that when I got that card. I want to say it was—I I don't know—it might have been an eight or nine percent card right now. But just because of the interest rate environment that we're in, they've jacked that rate up. And I'm not paying any interest. But gosh, if I was carrying a balance on that, I would definitely want to pay that that credit card off.
0: Yeah, most people don't realize what that that APR is either, right? They're surprised. No, they to hear they that don't.
1: Matter. Exactly. Yeah. And if I if I did if I did have a balance on there. I would absolutely be looking for a, a card that had zero percent, and so I could transfer it over for, for a little while. Yeah. But you got to get, you to be careful playing that game because they, they are the credit card companies are there to get you if you don't play exactly by their rules.
0: Yep, got to be careful. All right, got a few more here. We we try to stay informed. Obviously, you're listening to this podcast because that's part of it. You want to stay informed. Want to keep yourself educated, but. Staying too informed, I guess, or depending on what sources you use for your information, Lee, could potentially uh, be a problem. I think we've we've documented this before.
1: Yeah, I, it, I think it is good to be engaged and informed to a level that, that you need to be engaged. But you certainly don't want to be one of the people that sits at home all day and just watches the financial news media. I, I, I call it financial pornography. That, that's simply what it is. They, somebody's always selling you something and they're, they're trying to aggravate listeners or consumers of the content to, to, some, to a level to where they make a decision to buy whatever it is they're selling or whatever. Just uh, watch it with that kind of eye the next time you see that and see if you can determine what it is that they're selling. They're either pushing for you to be a, a subscriber, a paid subscriber to some economic forecast or outlook or or whatever but like i've said for gosh four or five years now just turn just turn off the the news especially the financial news not a whole lot to glean from it that's going to be positive uh for you over the long term
0: yeah so so true all right, diversification is next up. That's a good thing, right? Uh, global diversification, trying to spread out and, and capture growth potentially in different economies, seems like it makes a lot of sense on paperly. what could be the downside?
1: Yeah, so we so we all, we always throw around the word diversification in this industry, and lots of times people are just talking about you know from an asset standpoint, and yeah, you you can surely spread your risk out amongst some some different countries and 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 have some exposure to those economies but lots of times if you get that kind of exposure it can certainly inc- you know increase the the overall complexity in your portfolio and and without you even knowing it you can be exposed to to some areas of the country I mean, of the of the world that aren't really stable and and there there can be a lot of volatility in there so if if you're going to you know if you want to have some international I guess, some international exposure in your overall portfolio. Just be careful on how much it is. Uh, maybe, I don't know, 10%, 15% at, at the most, 20 if you want to go that high. But just know that that's, that's I, I, I say global investing is a lot like te- tech stocks. You can make a lot of money and lose a lot of money, and it's just more volatile than the normal large cap, mid cap, small cap stocks that we have here in the United States.
0: All right. Got two more here. Good habits. Uh, The emergency fund. We want to be putting money away and building that emergency fund. But if you are consistently building it too much and and putting too much money in there, where can it go wrong?
1: Yeah, we we do see this pretty frequently. I've got a lot of people sitting on cash right now. And I'm like, where did this money come from? Like, well, we're just not spending Everything that we have coming in and so it's just stocking up and stocking up. And so if you've got too much money sitting in cash You know what we call lazy money. That is not a good thing um, Especially as it becomes a higher percentage of your overall net worth You want to do something with that money and you want to seek longer-term returns and I'm not talking about Sticking it in a CD and getting you know what you can get right now four and a half five percent on a short-term CD Because that's not gonna be a long you know, it's not gonna be a long-term strategy now if you if you just want some money That's two three year window. I'm okay with you putting in a CD Just know that in probably another year those rates or within a year I think you'll see banks start to drop those rates. That's why you if you go to the bank now being you they'll give you more money on an 11 month or 12 month CD than I will a, a three year CD because they're a little they're a little concerned of where interest rates are going from their standpoint. We hope they go lower, you know. I, I certainly do, so I can I can refinance my mortgage because when right. I did did my house, you know, our our loan that we got. I mean, I'm I'm at six point nine nine percent, and and I know historically, and we've talked about it historically, yeah. it's not a bad rate, but boy, in my mind, I should be paying you know, for, shouldn't be paying more than four and a half. So we'll get back there one day.
0: <laughs> I hope we do. I know a lot, there's a lot of people hoping for that and, and kind of waiting on that time. So we shall uh, see. All right, one last one, Lee. Having patience when you're making financial decisions and building a plan. It's it's so important to think through every step that you're going to take and, and be intentional with that. But why? where can patience kind of present an issue for us?
1: Yeah, so so patience can be good most of the time and you want to you don't want to make rash decisions. You don't want to do things too too impulsively very many times. My wife sometimes accuses me of, of not thinking through things. And, and I tell her, hey, if, if I see, I, I'm a decision maker. I want to, I, you know, if I see something or a problem, I want to solve it and move on to the next thing. She's one of those that's going to take a lot of time. But if you take too much time, that procrastination can lead to some other, you know, can lead to some other issues. Um, we see people that come to our office that really need help. There are things that they need to do to get their financial life in order from a retirement planning standpoint. We take them to the process, and they're like, yes, this is what we need to do, need to do. Then they sort of fall off. They're like, all right, we want to think about it a little bit. And, and all of a sudden, we're thinking about it. There were three years them thinking about it. They'll call back, and this, this happens every single year. I'll get somebody that I met with three or four years ago and say, all right, well, where are you right now? And they are in the exact same place they were three years ago because they could not make a decision. And had they taken the steps that we put into place back then, who knows? They, they may already be, be retired. Uh, maybe not, but a lot of them certainly could. But don't procrastinate. Procrastination is not a good thing. Do your due diligence and then make your decision.
0: Yep, that is the key. All right, so some good money habits. Again, We not to say that you want to avoid these habits or, or, or try to break them at some point, but just kind of keep in mind that too much of anything could potentially be uh, harmful to to you and your financial plan and your future. So again, if you have questions for Lee, always encourage you to reach out. We'd love to hear from you. The best way to schedule a meeting is to visit talkwithjlp.com. Again, talkwithjlp.com. You can also call 478-254-3550. And find everything about J.L. Perkins Wealth Management online at MyRetirementClarity.com. Lee, as always, thanks for the time. Enjoy this beautiful weather today, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Take care, Ben. Hey there, Lee Perkins here. If you're like a lot of folks, you've been listening to this podcast for a long time now. But I've got an important question for you. Have you implemented any of the ideas that we've discussed on the show? If you haven't, what are you waiting on? You know you're not getting any younger. So here's my challenge. Don't just consume the content. Our number one goal for this podcast is to help you close the gap between what you know and what you implement. So if you're ready to implement, take that first step today and visit www.talkwithjlp.com and schedule a 15 minute phone call with one of our advisors It will help you close the gap between what you know and what you implement so you can enjoy the next phase of your life. Now is your time. Don't procrastinate any longer. Investment advisory services are offered by J.L. Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice.
0: Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.